totally different. Hello and welcome to Bear Football here on the Barroom Network. John Buffon alongside Danny Shimon and Coach T. The Bears fall to the Minnesota Vikings by a score of 19-13. to 13. Uh, Second half not as blah as the first half for the couple of things happening in that second half that uh, adjusted uh, a lot of things here. But uh, guys, uh, honestly, the Bears fall to 1-5. and five. Uh, Just kind of another lackluster performance. Let's go around the horn with initial reactions. Danny, we'll start with you. Yeah, John, like you said, uh, initially that the start of the game, I just, again, I, I don't know if you guys agree or don't agree. I think the team just didn't seem like it was prepared, didn't come out motivated. I think they came out more motivated against against Washington than they did today. I'm not sure why this is a chance for them to come out and, and, and put two games back to back together again. Uh, but, you know, as, as lackluster as the first half was, they're still down with, you know, by one score at halftime. So, I, you know, they're still in the game. And then obviously the, the injury to Justin happens and then the, uh, the the sack fumble to, you know, with Bajent and then that, that scoop and scored and, um you know, they, they, the Bears are able to come back and give them credit, you know, in terms of, you know, moving uh, down the field. Like, looks like that's that third, late third, early fourth quarter is what they started doing. What I was kind of asking, hoping they do initially was just kind of pound the ball, use the running game to, you know, kind of move down a football field because that's where you can attack this this defense here. But uh, got close within the score, but obviously that, that last interception kind of, you know, threw a, you know, kind of put a nail in the coffin there. But, uh, you know, just disappointing loss. Again, another one of those games that, you know, Stop me for this before. It's a game the Bears could have won, but they come out on the short end of the stick here and fall to uh, to one and five now. So very disappointing effort overall. Coach, obviously the injury to Justin Fields shook things up quite a bit, uh, but the Bears make a kind of a last ditch effort there towards the end. There is the uh, the, the strip sack of uh, Bajan that got taken back for a touchdown. There was the interception at the end, but overall they they tried to make a run at it. What did you see in that second half? Um. You know, taking taking more advantage of the run game like we called for in the first half. But uh, I want to take a step back, right, and, and talk about the mood and, and the the overall feel for the game, right? Coming into it, Danny was right. We had an opportunity here coming off a win to stack wins, right? But um, you know, what I'm saying if you ask me, am I surprised at the result, right? Um, the lack of continuity, lack of you know fire, the lack of you know uh, 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 you know. Uh, it seems like uh, uh, kind of, you know, a game plan. It seemed like we were just calling plays again. We kind of reverted back to calling plays on offense versus telling the story with your play calling. 
Um, I can't say that I'm surprised at the result. You know what I'm saying? I tweeted before the game, watch the running backs. Watch the running backs. You want to see how this game is going to go? Watch the running backs and don't watch our ability to carry the ball. Watch our ability. Watch what we're doing with the running backs outside of the run plays. That'll let you know how this game is going to kind of go. And so I'm not surprised at the result. I had us either winning by three or seven or us losing by three or seven, depending on how it go. You know, it goes back to me. Luke gets he had an opportunity to uh, to show his maturity as a play call in this opportunity to, to understand the moment, to read the room and overcome the obstacles of not having his starting running backs. And, and, and he didn't step up to the occasion for me in terms of grading or judging this team. This team is the equivalent to toddlers to me, right? When you hear coaches say, we got a football team, this is what they mean. It's just an immature football team. And to, and to add on to that, you, you speak about the coaching. The coaching is immature. So they don't, they don't have situational awareness, and they can't speak to moments like to moments like this. So, you know, I'm not surprised at the results. So I don't have, I don't have a whole lot to be bummed out about. Uh, moving forward, I mean, we're going to obviously stick around until the uh, the press conference with Coach Eberflus to see what the extent of Justin Fields' injury is, whether it's something that he might be able to pop back from next week or if there's a if there's a longer term on this particular injury. But, Danny, moving forward, it seemed like uh, they once, once Fields was out, they did start running the ball with Foreman a lot more. He ends up with 15 carries for 65 yards. Uh, uh, Darrington Evans, nine carries for 32. Uh, Bayless Jones had two carries for 15 yards. But... Uh, how did you see the play calling being adjusted once Bajan came into the game as opposed to when Justin was in the game? Yeah, like, like you said right there, they start, I think they started to rely a little more on, on the run game. Uh, other than that first that first series where, they, where he had he had Bajan out there throwing again and then, then that sack fumble happened. But, uh, you know, it's, it, I think relying on the run game, that's what I was kind of hoping they would do, like I said, coming in, just, just to pound the ball because that's this is where the Brian Flores defense uh, really was was kind of lacking, if you will, and, you know, um, coming into this game was, was just, you can attack them on, on the run again, set up that, that play action. This is a very aggressive, you know, a blitz happy defense at that, that time to bring zero, zero blitz on you will bring, you know, multiple disguise kind of blitzes on you. So that, that was another aggressive defense where you could have just kind of hopefully control the ball with the, with the running, rushing attack, and then eventually build your, your passing game off the play action. And, and unfortunately that, that game plan wasn't in effect early on. Uh, it, it got into effect when, once Beijing got in there a little bit. And then obviously you saw some of the success he had, throwing the football as well with those quick releases. So, um, you know, they were particularly in that football down the football down the football field. And I want you that that last play where he came on the through DJ Moore. I'm not sure if his arm was hit. The ball looked a little bit wobbly or it was just, it just, just came out of his hands funny. But obviously it was it was poorly on the throne and then it was picked off. So, um, yeah, disappointing uh, game plan coming into the game. Kind of called it out early on in the first half. But, again, the, the good, good news was they were still in the game. The defense, to me, Coach Tia and John, I'm curious. I mean, they looked like they were flying all over the football field. You know, uh, Tremaine Edmonds only, only was credited with six tackles and only two pass breakups. Uh, but it looked like to me it was all over the football field. And I've been hard on that guy. But I think today, to me, I, I said it was probably his best game as a bear. But the tackle numbers don't don't match, you know, that because he's had he's had bigger tackles or in terms of stats other games. But I just felt like he was he had an impact today in that game. So defensively, there were some positives there. Obviously, you know, Minnesota they're not a really good rushing game, right? They don't, but the rushing attack is, is is one of the worst in, in football. But their passing game was where it kind of led by Kirk Cousins. Now, obviously, we knew that took a ding missing Justin Jefferson, but they still have some weapons out there. We saw Jordan Addison, the rookie, um, and KJ Osborne as well, TJ Hawkinson. So they have weapons. 
weapons out there. And I think that's what they ended up, you know, you know kind of staying on the field, extending drives and then scoring when they need to. So, um, you know, not that Minnesota was, it was a, was a great, you know, great team. It was a great victory for them that this is a game that the bears, I think that Justin feels that stayed healthy could have possibly pulled it out, but you know, that, that unfortunately doesn't happen. So. Coach, before we swing it over to the defense, I, I want to talk about some of the play calling in the future because let's just, for hypothetical reasons, say Justin Fields will be out for the next two, three weeks or whatever. This is um, obviously we haven't heard anything yet, but let's just say that he will at least miss miss next week. Uh, hopefully, the Bears would get Roshan Johnson back, and they could potentially rely on that running game even heavier next week. Is that kind of how you see them planning around uh, Bajent moving forward? Yeah, I think I think. You know, if Justin Justin is out, right, I, I don't think it's blooming goon for Bears fan, right? And, it, you know, you got to see the game beyond the game, right? So I would I would say that it might be a blessing in disguise for Luke Getzey. So Danny alluded to once Bazin came in, in the game today, right, somehow it clicked in his mind that he needed to call a more simplified game. Well, he should have started out that way. You know what I'm saying? This, this, this uh, Minnesota defense is known to be – uh, soft up the middle, right? So if you ground and pound, like like Danny said, up through the middle and then try and beat them over the top, a lot of people don't understand when you go play action, right? You go play action from under center, you're going to default to eight-man protection anyway. So you're going to get your shots. So if they're sending numbers, they're sending bodies, you're going to have everything blocked up if they blitz. So it was oppor- opportunities. Like it's this new form of football I watch when I watch in college, when I watch in pros, it's almost like they've forgotten to overlook the fundamentals of football. Right. The basic, the very basic stuff. Right. If nothing is working for me at a play caller, what plays do I default to? Right. My powers, my counters, my outside zone, my end zones, my inside zones is going to get me yards. Yeah. I think going forward, he has to call a more simplified game for a Bajan, but then take your shots over the top once you get your running game going. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Right. If Justin is there. Will he will if we get a running back back, do we get our old offense back? So this is something to look out for our listeners. If we get our running back back, watch the dramatic change in how your operation, uh, your offense operates with a blocking, a good blocking running back versus when you have guys off the streets. Called it out early. I want to see what happens with it, with Beijing or without Beijing. I think we're going to do be a lot, lot more fluid. Danny, I'm going to kind of bounce that back over to you. If if Bajan is the guy next week, uh, or for the first, I was just in the short term, the foreseeable future. Uh, you, how much of that is going to be on making sure you can ground and pound the ball, and then hopefully sucking them in on some play action again. And, and uh, it looked like Bajan was okay tossing it down the field whenever whenever he needed to, uh, or whenever he felt that he needed to. Uh, so how how can they how can they mesh something around what he can do, understanding that he is a undrafted rookie who's just got kind of thrown in there all of a sudden. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I agree with what, what the coach is saying in terms of, you know, you build the, the game plan around the rushing attack and, and, and utilize. And the one thing I, you know, Bajan for a kid that's, that's just kind of thrown in there, you know, I saw it in the preseason, like taps, got some nice moxie, solid size, good arm strength. You know, he's a guy that got good pocket presence for, for a guy that just kind of thrown in there from, from division two shepherd. But, but I mean, the where, where I kind of disagree or where actually, I shouldn't say disagree. I just think what they're going to do, because right now up there in house hall, it's CYA time. And I think what they're going to do, Luke Getzey and company are going to say, you know what? Let's go out there and say this is. Let's throw Justin out there under the bus, and this is the, all the, all the problems was on Justin Fields. And let's go out there and let's call these plays the same plays we've been calling for Justin for Tyson Bajan. And if he performs, hey, look, it was Justin Fields' fault. 
look at Bajan operate this offense. If he doesn't perform, oh, it's a division two rookie quarterback and blah, 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 and all that stuff. Because right now it's TYA time. To me, in my opinion, we've discussed these guys in the past. I think this is a dead coaching staff walking. And I think right now they're just going to try and, you know, cover their ass and, and save their jobs. Yeah, you bring up you bring up what I was going to bring up next, Danny. And, and coach, I'll ask you first. How much, I mean, now one in five and the coaching staff is probably struggling for its, you know, philosophical life here as far as you know staying in control of this team uh how far are we to the point where this is a lame duck coaching staff are we past that threshold now or is, is what where are we at this, this is a part of the struggle that i struggle with right for because empathetic um admittedly empathetic for for the coaching fraternity if you will right you know you, you understand you got a young young staff they don't know what they don't know and they're OJTN. They're learning on the job, right? So it's more or less the, does do we manage expectation in terms of what do we expect Ryan to do, right? It's all about what we expect Ryan to do. And I'm, I'm in, in my head, if we show any kind of competency football-wise, it's, it's tough to say, I go for the head guy. Now you can go for the underlings. You can go for the coordinators and start at the lower levels and start firing people and then go from there. But it's hard for me to say if we show any kind of, you know, any kind of uh, galvanizing, any kind of uh, like if he doesn't lose the lo the locker room, even flus may have some some supporters in the building, um, and then you know our coordinator might get fired or something like that. But um, it's it's the season has to play out, man. It has to play out. Um, I don't like it. I don't like that we have such a young staff and young players that has to be, you know what I'm saying, some 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 level of toxic turvy there when that when it comes to that. But uh you, you never know with this organization, man. We we could we could we could turn over tables and 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 tear up stuff in our houses and bro, they'll bring the same staff back, you know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, coordinators and all. So I, I would hope they have some kind of logic to how they start firing people when they do, right? Uh, you know, hire some good, hire some good season. If you don't get rid of the head, man, hire some good season coordinators, right? Guys that you don't have to worry about, you know what I'm saying? Having ambitions of head coaching opportunities in the future, that's going to be in place for a while. What's not talked about a lot uh, in, in social media and the football world is there's some good coordinators out there, right? Both defensively and offensively. There's just not a bunch of them. There's not, we're talking about, there's probably going to be about eight jobs open. And it's going to be about two or three good guys. It's going to be Mike Lafleur, the guy in Detroit, and the guy in Seattle. And then there's going to be five other openings that just the guy is going to get the job. I don't know, man. And, and Danny, you we we've been talking about this, you know, probably since the beginning of the season. You more so than me, as far as you have a you know a, a young offensive play caller, a, a a first time, well, well, a still a you know a a head coach that hasn't been a head coach for, for very long, a, a new GM, and all of a sudden you have these young players that you're trying to develop, and you didn't really have a quote-unquote adult in the room, uh, and you're, you're, you didn't have someone to fall back on with the experience. And so is that ultimately going to be the demise of this of this coaching staff where the, the GM was a first-timer, the head coach was a first-timer, the offensive coordinator was a first-time play caller, and you're trying to develop young players, and you're just hoping that. that the stars align, and, and, they're, and they're not. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's been my, my biggest thing with is is when you re, you know we know last year was the the thing where we're going to cut it down, we're going to break down to, to the studs, and we're going to rebuild it over again. But you have to start with the offense and defensive lines. When you don't do that, 
you lose me right there. And and I think what happened this past offseason in terms of not addressing the defensive line as much as I would like to have seen them do it, that goes to how the defense start off slowly. Now, in terms of what's happening offensively, that that, that goes beyond like my my approach here. I'm like in terms of why why this offense just got off to a really slow start. Not just a quarterback who admittedly was playing bad. The coaching staff, the play calls, the receivers weren't running, you know, crisp routes. The, the offensive line looked confused first couple of weeks. I'm not sure what the hell was going on there. Then we saw, you know, a turnaround there with and versus Denver and versus versus Washington, albeit versus you know lower ranked defense. But hey, there's still NFL players out there. They came out there and it looked like they were a competent offensive staff, you know, and, and making plays down the field and all that stuff. And now you just now you hope they can adjust. So you lost your quarterback. Or actually, take it back. Before you lost your quarterback, you come into this game, and you know you have an aggressive defensive play caller in, in Flores across from the football field. You know, why continue to run those, you know, long, deep you know, routes where, you, you know, the quarterback's getting sitting back there, taking hits? Now, you, you, whether you want to argue whether Justin Schreck got rid of the ball and all that stuff, fine. That that That's that's all, you know, well and well and fine. But as a play caller, you should put him in position to, to get, do what's best for him and get rid of that ball quickly. And, and again, that's why the running the ball – you know, getting the quick plays, getting the ball out of his hands so he can avoid it, get some confidence going, get the offense rolling, and now you can start taking some of those shots on the football field. So, you know, I, I hate just saying, all right, these guys are, are are horrible at their jobs. But, I mean, guys, it's it's been a year and almost a half, one and a half years. Like, we can tell that this this staff is not developing guys the way they should be. You know, I, I always put it out there. I'm like, all right, who is on this player, on, on this team from last year, young guy, coming to this season has developed, has played better, has shown that this staff has made them better. And, and that's where I, I kind of draw the line saying uh, at, at this point right now, it's especially, it looks like Justin, that looked like a bad injury guys. Like look like it could be a broken wrist, maybe possible surgery could be done for the year. Hopefully it's not. But then again, if that is, he's off for the year. Now you're going with a, with an undrafted free agent, right? Now the, the question marks that like quarterbacks still are there. And now you have the, uh, I, I don't expect him to win another game the rest of the season. I don't know about you guys, but it's going to be difficult to do that. Uh, or at least predict a victory in you know remaining games of the season. That's why I can't see how you cannot clean house, start from scratch, and let the new staff, the new GM, new coach come in and say, all right, well, hey, we want to roll with Justin, or you know what, we want a guy in the draft, or we want a veteran, or whatever. Got to got to start scratch, you know, clean for me at least. Uh, I just can't see how I can bring everyone back. And you, once again, we're not completely sure what that injury is yet. We don't know what the prognosis is right. or if he's going to be out or how long he's going to be out for if he is, in fact, out. But, uh, Coach, what does this do for for Justin Fields, who was basically playing to, you know, stick around in Chicago this year? He like trying to make his last statement there that he he is the guy and he, he needs to come back. Uh, now he could have that time, that audition time completely taken from him. And then you potentially have a new coaching staff. Who is is who might want to bring in their guy here? So how how much could this actually impact Justin Fields' future as a, as a I guess as a starting quarterback or at least with the Chicago Bears uh, because of this injury? Yeah, I, you know what I'm saying I'm rooting for him to play, but if he doesn't play because of injury, you know what I'm saying who who do we have to point the finger at as a result of the play call? The fans the, the fans won't care that we have a, a, an undrafted free agent rookie from Division Two Shepherd out there playing quarterback. They're going to want an NFL offensive coordinator to overcome the talent level on a team, the injuries on the offensive line, the injuries of the running back room, and it's going to give us an opportunity to see what Luke has, right? So it's going to be only one person to point the finger at if he doesn't play. So I don't want him to be out. But here again, once again, like I started the week, I said, hey, we're going to see what Luke has without these running backs. It's a big deal to me. Like I was like, 
I don't last week. I was like, holy crap, we forgot. We don't have running backs. I don't know if anybody caught it during the game, right? But it's when a play was Justin in the game. He's actually looking back and talking to the running back. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I guarantee you, I know the conversation is having with Darian Everson's right now. Where am I going? What play did you call? Who am I blocking? You see, Darrington Everson blows a pass pro coverages, strip sack. We talked about it at halftime and it manifests exactly the way we talked about it. But I want to go back to what Danny said, right? He had a he had a bit of a Freudian slippage there, if you will. He said he talked about tearing this thing down and building down to the studs. The problem is when you tore it down, there were no studs there. I don't know what we're working on. That's some that's some uh what's that new stuff that they're using to kind of build buildings, whatever. They're using silly putty or whatever down there. But we we they had no studs to start with to tear down with. There were no true studs. It was it was just guys, right? Um, and then you go fast forward, you you put just guys in the coaching positions. I just think we got to make a decision. We got it. We can't say we have young players and young staff, man. And, and as empathetic as I am to these guys, and as much as I don't want to see a total rebuild, it might be. And starting again, starting at the lower level, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's, there's again, I don't want to sound redundant, but there's guys out there that can coach ball that seasoned vets that know Luke's, Luke's library of answers are just not there. You know what I'm saying? You have to have a library of answers. Oh, I can recall from this game where this happened or I went up against this type of coordinator before. Oh, yeah, let me dust off a little piece of that game plan, copy and paste here, and see how it fits what we're trying to do here. He just doesn't have a library to go to so he can go into a game. And, and people don't realize to this, too, also, how that feeds into the players, how it feeds into the quarterback, like, as a player, you feel that like you're like, man, OK, we got a game plan. But am I a thousand percent confident in what we're about to do? Like that's when you get the kind of guys playing around. and You look like, man, where's the juice? This team has no swag, bro. They have no juice. Even in our win last week, it was the driest football celebration, even though we were dancing around stuff. It was just the most corny thing that I've ever seen in my football life. Like they didn't have any practice. They What were we doing, bro? It was crazy. It was like. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, and I'm not a builder, but but if you tear something down, you know, property down, don't you build from the foundation up, right? And found what's the foundation of a football team? A defense and an offensive line. Yeah, you got to. It's, get it's like Ryan Poles tore it down, and he went hired a roofer. Yeah, it's like I, I, gonna, I don't, I don't get it. We go get some like, nice windows. You know, but that that's I, I just he lost me there at that point. Yeah. Well, I mean, Danny, I'm going to kind of ask you the same question. How much, and uh, I know that the, the Bears presser is about to start, so I, I might I might have to cut you off here, but how much of this uh, injuries could impact Justin Fields' future with this with this team? Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, I mean, if he's off for the year, hopefully, God forbid, he's not off for the entire year. But if he is, I mean, that's just, you know, another you know, question mark that hopefully a new staff or a new regime comes in, we'll have to, have to answer. Now, that staff and regime, depending on who they are, you know, have they, have they, I'm assuming they've watched Justin Fields' tape with Ohio State and at, at, at here with the Bears and, and see what they could do with them. If they come on and say, you know what, we can't win with this kind of quarterback. We want a, a traditional pack of passing quarterback, whatever it is. They, 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 they just got the guys in the draft and, and they like those guys better or they like a veteran that's available in the free agent market. You know, they go out and get them. You, you have to give them, to be fair, you have to give the new staff their right to call who they want to start, you know, building the program with. So that, that's where it sucks. You know, in, in terms of Justin Fields, uh, he's a guy that I'm, I'm confident that will, you know, if he's not, if it's not here, it's going to be somewhere else where he's going to go and he's going to have the opportunity to, to become a, a good 
a damn good player in the NFL uh, moving forward. But I just, unfortunately, I just feel like it, it may not be here in Chicago just because of all the different circumstances around this organization. You're looking at his stats there before he had to leave the game because of injury. Six of 10 for 58 yards, eight rushes for 46 yards, zero touchdowns and interceptions. Also sacked four times. Uh, Coach, we talked about this a little bit at halftime, but I, I want to see how, how you thought it kind of how it progressed in the in the second uh, half was there were some injuries on the O-line that obviously shook some things up. Uh, what did you think about how the performance of the offensive line uh, the performance of the offensive line in the second half uh, as they progressed from the first half? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think they are who they are, right? They're going to they're gonna be who they are. They're going to have guys go down, come up. We're going to have, you know, immature bobbles or missed snaps and stuff like they are who they are. You know what I'm saying? For me, when it comes to this offensive line or our protection programs, it always boils down to the tight ends and the running backs for me, right? These guys are who they are, right? Who can who up front can win one-on-ones, like that we trust win one-on-ones. You know what I'm saying? You got a rookie right tackle that's going to be spotty here and there depending on who he's going up against, you know what I'm saying? You got, you know, you got Nate Davis who's performing better over the last few weeks. Skip over the center because we, you know, those guys get pushed back in the quarterback's lap all the time. Larry Boring was questionable. We can only really count on Tevin when he's in there. So they are who they are. That's why the running backs and the tight ends become so much more important to our protection programs with this football team and why I emphasize them so much because we can't line up like the great teams. Watch as the season pro progresses and we get further and deeper into the seasons, watch the teams that, st that stick around for a while, the San Francisco's, the Philadelphia's, uh, the Miami's, right? You're going to see that those teams can plot five-man protection at a high clip. They don't need a whole bunch of tips, chips, help, and all this other stuff because they got five studs up front that can handle their business and teams are forced to bring extra bodies because they can't get there with their three, four, five man rushes. You know what I'm saying? These guys can win one-on-ones. You have a young, immature football team like us and you got a GM, like Danny says, don't go out and get you studs. It's playing, uh, uh, it's building a foundational silly putty. Then you have what you have. So, um, and, and that's, again, that's, that's part of the equation that Luke's going to have to solve over the next several weeks too. Like it's going to be, you know what I'm saying? I think I think without Justin, it's going to be laser focus from the fan base on Luke and Eberflus, and they're going to get all they have. Now, the part that I hate, but Danny's right about, but I, I just dislike this about football. It's going to be the political game that happens after this week. It's going to be the CYA, cover your six type of stuff, and – People throwing people out there to just see, you know, you know what they can do or what they got to do to save their job. And if, you know, again, it's a huge target on that coordinators and, and how, depending on how bad it gets, you know what I'm saying? It could be the head coach, too. Yeah, that's why I don't see the game plan changing, coach, even though you and I agree that it should be based if it's Bajan starting, it should be based around the running attack and, and play action and all that stuff. But I think it's he's going to go out there and say, listen, I'm going to run my plays because if Bajan does it, I'm gonna be like, hey, listen, it was a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. No, I so get it. I, I how, agree. I think that's how they're, they're attacking, unfortunately. Uh, another guy that we were keeping our eye on this game, but maybe it's not fair to judge it holistically, although he didn't do very well in the in the first half either, was was Darnell Mooney going to be able to step up and be that uh, num real number two? Because this is a guy that's playing for a contract as well. Uh, he wants to be extended. He wants to get a, he wants to get paid. Uh, only two catches for for 48 yards. Um, obviously, with Justin Fields going out, the, the game plan changed a little bit, but it's not like he was lighting up the scoreboard before that. Uh, 
what do we think about is a potential future uh, coach with Darnell Mooney in this in this uh, offense? Because if, if they're going to keep him, they got to pay him, or yeah. they could potentially go out and uh, and draft the guy. Uh, what do you think about his his future here with the Bears? It's hard to say because now, like you said, you're forced to pay a guy that has no production. I think if the if the if the organization keeps him, it's going to have to be on a, on a real uh, organization free friendly deal. It's going to have to be Darnell taking a discount and saying. Um, you know, listen, I, I know it, I have, yeah. yeah, I know I haven't done a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? You know, the, the, the numbers warranted and me say, let me, let me take the safe deal. Um, but as far as the game plan for today is concerned, I never expected Darnell to come out and light it up today because I thought Cole, Cole or Tanya would have been second in the progression. If Minnesota had a strategy to take DJ away that Cole and Tanya perhaps would go off first before Darnell, because just how, how they generally line up the sets they use 12 man protection over 11 man protection and in a progression unless they slid darnell mooney closer to the formation in some kind of nasty look off off tackle to get him closer to progression closer to the quarterback's eyes that was the only way he was going to go off today so i'm not surprised he didn't go he didn't have a crazy 100 yard day or something like that but we we have to we have to again uh, it, it sounds like a broken record but we have to we have to find a guy that that can say, you know, I know how to get this guy the ball. I know how to spread the ball around and get it to all of my players, and I have a package for everybody in given situation. Now, bright side, and it may not have been on offense, but I was happy to see Bayless Jones actually get his hands on a football, uh, more touches, if you will, whether it was in a return game or offense. I'm just glad to see the guy get – get his hands on the ball more and, and, you know, start building his confidence for whatever's con- whatever's to come. Danny, uh, going back to that, uh, the Mooney conversation, as far as, is this a guy that is playing for his life in Chicago too? Because uh, it's, you're gonna have to pay him if you want to keep him. And, you know, we've had, you know, we've had, positive signs in the years past from Darnell Mooney that you think that he could potentially be a, a real strong number two, but they're not working him in or he's not making the plays. Uh, is this probably, is this potentially a guy that is playing out his time in Chicago before he moves on? Well, it all depends on obviously who's the new, if there's a new regime in here, you know, how they, they view Darnell Mooney. But for me, I think, I think Mooney is still a talented receiver. Maybe he's not a number two. He's definitely not a number one. Maybe he's a number three. Maybe he's the best slot in that, in that role is a number three. You know, if, if you're, if you're the Bears and, and you stay status quo and you, and you have a high pick, I mean, you get a guy like a Marvin Harrison Jr. Or a Keon Coleman from Florida State. You know, those are true, num- you know, big guys, big receivers. You can slide Mooney over to a number three and then you can fill around them in terms of the rest of the receiving core. So, you know, I, I don't think he's going to go out there and command top dollar to be honest with you i mean i could be i could be totally wrong about that we'll, you know we'll see in the offseason but i think you could bring it back to a, to a modest deal maybe even one year a uh, one year short-term prove deal um but again it all kind of depends on who's going to be here in terms of the you know the, the guy making the, the shots or making the calls on on resigning players the staff so on and so forth so i still think mooney's a, a, a talented receiver i still would like to have him on my team at a reasonable price but i don't think he's going to go out there and break the bank to be honest with you and another guy who could, I don't want to, I hate to use the word benefit over, but could see more increased action because of a Justin Fields injury could be Roshan Johnson if he gets cleared to play next week. And if they're going to rely heavily on the run game, he could be the guy that's toting the, the lion's share of the carries. Coach, do you think that this could be, a, a, this could eventually be a real opportunity for Roshan Johnson moving forward to say, I can be that number one guy. I should be the, I should be the number one here. It's, it's the biggest opportunity, right? If you ask me, right. It's an opportunity, the biggest opportunity. Even if if this staff were to stay, 
I forbid. This guy, this thought, this staff were to stay, you know what I'm saying? The, the number one thing they can decide, because it seems like we always do it a little bit different than everybody else. If you look at Detroit, they have the ground and pound guy and they have the change up guy, right? They start, they lead with the ground and pound guy, you know what I'm saying, and David Montgomery to soften defenses up and then they go to their change up guy. For whatever reason, we do it backwards, right? We start with the change up guy. Um, this again, maybe it's this new age football or whatever, but you know what I'm saying? It's the biggest opportunity. Have a guy lined up that can play Chicago style football. I was I was really interested seeing how the offense changed anyway once it started getting colder in the city anyway, right? If we would lead with that and start going with more run based offense, or we sit here and try to be New England and throw it around. We're not, you know, old New England, right? I just don't think you can get away with that in Chicago to try and be, you know, offensive juggernaut once it gets so cold in the city. So I think it's the biggest opportunity besides really solidifying who can actually play up front and who can't. I think it's the biggest opportunity to figure out Roshan as a guy or not. Uh, I like Khalil, but I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just believe Khalil is just like a change up guy. I might, Danny, be, what, I might be by myself. Two, two ahead, quick Danny. points, coach. Uh, I, I love the Detroit uh, analogy there, but, but answer me this question. What did Detroit do first when they, before they got good, what did they build up? You already know. Their offense and defensive line <laughs> yeah. before they went and got their ground and pound running it. You know, they're, they're specialty guys, right? That's what I'm talking about. And PJ Walker guys just helped beat the four. Now, he didn't do it by himself, but PJ Walker looked like an XFL quarterback here with the Bears. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he was lost and confused. He's a veteran. He just helped, uh, you know, uh, the Browns beat the 49ers. So it just tells you more about this coaching step and their, and their inability to get the best out of these players. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and, I mean, yeah. we got a big, we got a big offensive, we got a big offensive line draft coming up, right? We have an opportunity, you know. So I know a lot of people, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the debate about, you know, what I'm saying if Justin's a guy, to, you know, not the guy. Uh, I was tweeting last night and realized people just didn't realize the scenarios that play out. If and this is why you want to root for Justin to be the guy. If Justin's a guy, and we can go out and say, for example, the best scenario for the Bears is to have. Arizona want Caleb Williams, right? Want that number one. Arizona has two first round picks. Mm-hmm. You make that part of the deal. We can end up with three first rounders in an offensive heavy draft, right? And you can get your wide receiver and you can get two good tackles or two good offensive linemen and be off to the races, right? So I don't know. It's it's maybe it's too much forward thinking already or whatever. It's just, you know, we have to find a little small nuggets of things we can grasp hold to with this team, right? It's, it's, I don't know. It's, Coach, it's, it's never too forward thinking when your team is one and five and you're trying to figure, <laughs> you're trying to figure out what, uh, what the direction of your team is. Uh, moving forward, uh, next week they, they, they host, <laughs> they host the, the Raiders, which I'm sure is just going to be a, I'm sure, I can't believe that's not the game of the week. Right. Uh, they, they, they got the Raiders coming into Soldier Field. They Danny, should play it at 9 a.m. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm actually going to be at that game, so I, I might be seeing Tyson Bajan take on uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, but, uh, Danny, moving forward, you said if if Justin's out for a significant period of time, you can't see them winning another game or at least being fa- – I don't, I can't see them being favored yeah. in another game, but, like, can you Im- imagine them actually losing out? I, I could. I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to go out and, and see them, you know, winning. Now, again, Tyson Bajan – I, I tweeted earlier, I'm like, it's unfair to put him in this situation versus this aggressive defense and kind of just say, oh, this guy's good or bad or whatever. And obviously, there's a long way to go. 
He's got some positives. I, I do like the size of 6'3", 216, 217. He's got some moxie. This kid, it doesn't appear like the, the, the setting or the stage is too too high for him. Or he's, you know, he's got the deer in the headlights look. He looks like he's calm. He's, he's cool in the pocket. I like that. I like his pocket presence. So he's got a quick release. We saw that today. He's able to get rid of that fall, ball real quickly. So, you know, there is a possibility this kid could go out there and, and, and maybe, you know, surprise all of us and, and grow. And, and, and make plays down the football field. Obviously, you know, uh, you would need the running attack there. You know, uh, I'm, I'm not with the uh, hate Khalil Herbert club. I, I do like Khalil Herbert here. Uh, obviously, Dante Ante Foreman, Rashawn Johnson, that, that group there. You will lean on that. Hopefully, you get the offensive line back healthy. Nate Davis, we'll see how that is in terms of that's a long term or short term. That, that looked nasty. Uh, someone fell on the back of his, of his leg. I thought it might could have been knee. It looks like it was an ankle injury. So, if it's a high ankle sprain, he's probably off for four weeks. So, uh, again, now you're rotating guys in and out. You know, hopefully get Braxton Jones back here pretty soon. I think he's back or is Aljo back for the Raiders game. Um, you know, kind of hopefully solidify that left left side of the offensive line. If you get and guys, by the way, today I, again just on a TV copy, Tevin Jenkins was the best offensive lineman out there for me today. Again, I got to go back and see the all twenty-two. But you know, if if you get Braxton Jones back, Tevin continues playing the way he's playing. Whitehair got benched because of his his snaps is, is my assumption, and and we got to better you know rectify that. Uh, but if you solidify center and then you got, you know, obviously Nate Davis is out, but Darnell Wright is a rookie who's who's he's taking his lumps right now, but he but he's got guys, he's got potential to be a, a solid starter at the right side. Got to fill in probably with Jatir Carter, I'm assuming, there at, at right guard for Nate Davis. So if you can solidify the offensive line, give you know Bajan some time to get rid of the football, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens, but it's not all hope is a loss kind of thing. Like there are still some things you look forward to, like, like in the Tyson is one of them. The, the development of the offensive line, getting a cohesive unit out there is something I look forward to seeing. Hopefully, develop in the next, you know, second half of the season. But yeah, in terms of going out there, John, and, and picking this team to beat anybody, I mean, again, how many times have we said this? This is a this is a a, a game that was a a opportunity for them to pull a victory, and just they somehow end up losing the game. Whether they're unprepared, whether there's there's turnovers, whether there's there's just you know coaching issues, whatever it is, uh, it, it's hard for me to say go out there. Bears are gonna you know win this game. Just all right, pick them. I want, I'd like you to, to expand on one of those things you said because right now Bears fans are trying to figure out a reason to watch the game. What you like? What's the what's the motivation? I mean, other than you're going to watch the Bears because I know I'm the same way. I'm going to watch the Bears no matter what. I don't need motivation to watch the team. But why are you watching? I guess would be the different reason now because the, you know they're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to make a. They're not going to make a deep run. Justin Fields could be out. So what is there to look for? And you, and you mentioned, you know, Darnell Wright, maybe Rotron Johnson, the um, maybe the progression of Bajan. What are these things that we, that we should be keying in on here? I, I realize that it's still not that deep into the season and there's a lot of games left, but what what should we be looking for in the future? Well, what I'm going to be looking for is I'm going to see, I'm going to look at, that's something that I've been knocking to staff for is, is player development. I want to see guys get better, right? I want to see, you know, Kyle Gordon today, I, I mean, he played today, but I think he might've been on a snap count of, Oh, it looks like we might have Matt Aberflus at this at the uh, podium now. At least he looks like he's ready to talk. We'll see. Okay, uh, first of all, I want to thank the fans. You know, they really did a great job. Uh, we really noticed it on defense. I know the defensive players were talking about it. You know, on third downs, getting loud and made it hard for the for the Vikings offense today. So I really want to appreciate and, and thank them for that. Um, in terms of injury update, uh, you know, we do have uh, you know Justin Fields injured his right hand, and um, you know, we're evaluating it right now. We did take an x-ray. The x-ray is negative, uh, you know, in terms of that. And then we'll see where it is tomorrow when we get the MRI. So that's all I know uh, right now. That's all I have on that meet. Uh, same thing as ankle uh, did not return. We'll see where it is tomorrow. We'll get more information on that as well. And then uh, Eddie, Eddie left the game and was questionable. Uh, Could have came back. 
uh, injured his foot a little bit and during the game. Didn't feel 100%, but he could have came back if we needed him uh, due to injury. Um, and that's all I have. I thought that the, the game, you know, played out, uh, you know, the way we wanted it to in, in some spots. Um, but uh, we need to do a better job with the ball. Uh, you know, we obviously giving the ball away that many times, uh, certainly at minus two. Uh, that's a hard that's a hard way to win. Um, and the percentages aren't in your favor. You know, so the defense has to get it out more. And uh, we got to do a better job of protecting it uh, in terms of that. But uh, um, good th- there's some good things in there. But obviously, uh, didn't get the W and disappointed in that. Uh, and then we'll see where we are with the injuries going forward. With that, I'll open up the questions. Understanding what they're looking for with the MRI adjustment to, to see. Yeah, you know, so uh, with him, you know, he wanted to come back in the game. And, uh, you know, that's really all I have, you know, in terms of that. But uh, he could, just couldn't grip the ball to throw it right now. So we'll see where it is. Like I said, the MRI, that's all I have. Uh, we'll know more information tomorrow, and that's where it is. Matt, what, went, what went into the change you made at center in the third quarter? Yeah, yeah, so the change at center, you know, so, uh, you know, Lucas obviously was going through percussion, uh, concussion protocol during the week. And we thought when, you know, obviously Justin went out and we had Tyson in there, we thought it was best for our team to have the guy that had more experience in their playing center. And that's, that's the position that we have. I know that Lucas has played a long time. He's got a lot of experience in there. We thought that would settle uh, Agent down a little bit. That wasn't related at all to the snap issues? No. No, it was just more about settling down and, uh, and putting a guy that had more experience at center. We, you know, we feel good about both, about both guys. And obviously, we've switched guys around uh, during the course of the year. Guard center, we're going to have to continue to do that based on where Nate is. We'll see. Um, but... Uh, we like our our flexibility in there. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago to make Bajic the number two mm-hmm. and make the emergency. What went into that? And and for a guy who's never taken an NFL snap, to get thrown into it, is that something you guys were comfortable with compared to today? Yeah. Yeah, we were comfortable with it, and uh, that's why we made the decision. You know, so it's uh, really he created that opportunity during practice. And, uh, you know, during the meetings and, you know, being, you know, we're evaluating everything. So he really created that himself. And we thought that was best going forward that he was the number two. Okay, what kind of impact do you think Bajan had just on the operation of your offense? You know, I thought he, you know, started out, you know, had, you know, was not uh, not great at first, right? But, uh, again, that has, that's everybody. That's 11 guys uh, in there operating. But I think once he got settled down, he put that drive together, then you could see what he could do. Um, he, you know, he could do off-schedule stuff. He can he can escape. Uh, made a nice, uh, you know, a few nice throws there. And, uh you know, his, uh, his mobility is good. Um, I thought, uh, you know, his timing was good on a lot of those passes that he threw, you know, so I thought he looked good. I thought he looked good in that one drive. And, uh, again, at the very end, you know, in that, in that interception, again, the protection has got to be more solid in that, in that particular play. And, uh, you know, he can't put the ball in harm's way. How uh, did today affect uh, any decision you might, have, you might need to make as far as him playing more quarterback if Justin's out? Is he still – yeah, we'll we'll look at that. We'll evaluate that. Um, again, we, we we believe in Tyson. You know, we obviously had him at number two for a reason, and we feel strong about that. What's your identity now? Especially now that Justin Fields is out, what's your identity, and is it going to have to change now that Tyson, uh, that Bajan is going to be number one? Yeah, again, we'll see where Justin is. Um, you know, we'll see where it is. Like I said, the X-ray was negative. We'll see where he is going forward. But uh, again, we're going to have to really do a great job of evaluating that uh, where it is. And, uh, and put our guys in position to, to make plays. And, and that's what our, our job is as coaches. Um, so in terms of the identity of it, you know, we're going to have to look hard and, and see how we can get the ball down the field, score points. And that's the number one thing that we got to do.
say to him before he went into the game and, and what, how would you describe his demeanor? His demeanor was great. It's always great. He's, he's cool, calm, collected. Um, you could see that out there. He was that way the entire time. I thought he had good command uh, when he was out there in terms of getting the plays and getting the plays out. Um, there was no really, uh, you know, snafus there in terms of that with the operation. But uh, we really like where he is. And, uh, you know, we just said to him, hey, you got this. You know, and uh, he went out there. And as a backup quarterback, you always know you're one play away from playing the entire game. So uh, that's uh, that's what he got. he's there for, and that's what he got called on to do. Before, before Justin got hurt, the offense was not going well. Was it – were you guys struggling with the blitz? Was there uh... – Difficulty picking up the blitz or lack of a schematic adjustment to the blitzes that Minnesota was. Yeah, I mean, I'll have to go back and look at the tape, but definitely for sure, um, you know, there were some protection things in there um, where we had to, you know, do a better job. Um, it certainly wasn't clean all the time, uh, but I certainly think we got a rhythm a little bit there going. And uh, again, we just got to do a better job with the, the, the overall execution there. Um, but again, we have, gave ourselves a chance to win the game at the end, and we just didn't get it done. What was the coaching point on the strip sack for Jason? Um, you know, it's uh, you always want to have two hands on the ball uh, in there. Uh, but again, it's it's everybody. You know, when you're in the pocket there, you got to do a great job of, of, of feeling that and then riding up the pocket uh, to deliver the ball. When you have two hands on the ball, you, you're, you know, obviously the ball security is going to be better there. On the replay, it seems to me that TJ was able to secure that fumble on the sideline. Obviously, they overturned it. They can further explanation for why they chose to overturn the initial problem. Yeah, I mean, in a game like today, there's not a bunch of cameras out here, um, you know, so there's not a bunch of looks. And then when they do overturn the call on the field, um, there must be a pretty good evidence to say it's clear and obvious um, for that. So that's where it was. And they, they just said it was clear and obvious that he was he was not inbound. So. His demeanor is great. Yeah, he's great. He goes, Coach, we'll see where it is tomorrow. And he was positive. And he was upbeat. Yeah, I thought we ran the ball well. You know, in terms of running efficiency, it was good. Um, you know, obviously, I, you know, when he, when he fumbled that one ball, I told him, hey, this is, that's just one time. I said, you know, you got lucky on that one. And I told him, hey, you just got to make sure you secure it the rest of the way. And he did. Um, I, I love the way he got down north and south. You know, he really did a nice job with that. You know, he created a lot of those uh, momentum plays for that drive at the end that we had. And, uh, you know, really good. And then Evans, you know, obviously we're, we're lucky to have him last year. You know, so he was, uh, you know, be able to put in the mix in a short notice and be able to operate. Um, so both guys did well. You guys were in dime a lot more on third down today. What does that allow you to do better in those situations? Um, you can just variation of coverage. Uh, you can do a lot of different things uh, with that, you know, because you got some cover guys back, which was, which was good to see. And, uh, you know, we'll base it on our, our matchups, you know, every single week to see where we are. If we, want, if we match up better in dime, we'll do that. We'll just play nickel. Uh, but, again, that's a, that's a week-to-week thing. Did you had uh, only one target in the first half after such a big week last week? How does that happen? Yeah, obviously, we got to look at that. That's, that's, that's not what we want. We want to we target him. We want to be able to look, at, you know, obviously feature him. And I know I think he had eight at the end uh, total and, and, and five catches. But, uh, again, we certainly want to target our skill. No question about it. How do you, uh, how do you fight the feelings that maybe there's some repression to create a lot after having the win and then can we have a loss like this? How do you fight people feeling things now? Um, you know, I just think it's, uh, you know, the morale of the team is based on each individual man. You know, we got we got guys that have fighters' hearts, you know, and they're they're always going to be sticking in there together. They, they, they were at the game. They saw it. They know what, what it was. You know, when you go minus two, 
um, in a football game, it's going to be hard to win. You know, and if we were to flip that, what plus two, I bet we would have won the game. You know, so to me, it's all about that. And it's all about us doing our detail. You know, certainly we fought hard in the game. I'm proud of the guys for what they did, but we didn't come out with the victory and mainly just because of the ball. And until you, find, until you find out about Justin, whether it's tomorrow or whatever, what kind of preparations do you as a head coach have to make to be prepared for the possibility that Major might be your guy? Like even just overnight, you know, what, what kind of thing, what, what's going to go into your thinking to be prepared for that possibility? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously we have a contingency plan, you know, with him coming back, you know, with uh, Justin, if he is back, that's fine. But if he isn't, you know, obviously we've already, you know, put that plan in place. Uh, with Beijing. So you'll, you'll see that come to fruition here coming uh, shortly if it, if it indeed is the case. There, there you have it. Head coach Matt Eberflus at the podium. A uh, couple takeaways. Danny, before I throw it over to you, I don't know if you just change centers for the sake of changing centers <laughs> like if the if if white hair was playing really well you're just like i don't know lucas patrick has more experience let's just change you out i i, I don't think that's usually how that works there I, and then uh also sounds like at least some good news as far as there's no uh structural damage i guess uh with the x-rays coming back negative on justin field's hand uh we'll have to wait and see what an mri says there could be ligament damage it could be hyperextended there could be something in there and sometimes those linger more than you know broken bones do so we'll just have to wait and see what the news is coming out of that but how did you uh how did you take that presser well john you know i talked about other shows that you know uh you, you need you can't lose the team right if you're a coach and you lose a team the, the first and, and almost way of, of losing the team is lying to them to their face and i think the same thing happens with the fan base you know our fans are intelligent I, we are intelligent we know what you're talking about don't sit up there and tell us that you benched cody whitehair because of the feel that Taysom Bajan had with with uh um, uh, Lucas Patrick, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Whitehair was in there in her first couple of snaps with with uh, Bajan. And, you know, I, I, if it wasn't for those bad snaps or that bad snap that he had, he probably will still be in there. So, you know, that's things. Don't lie. Just be honest. Just say, you know what? There come some snap issues and we just, you know, decided to, you know, put a white hair down and that's it. It's, it's move on. Players don't, you know, they respect when they're being told the truth. And so, do, so, so does a fan base. And I just, I just don't like to be disrespected by being lied to. That's the one thing with Eberflus. In terms of Justin, yeah, that's the good news. At least there's no breaks because it, I think the x-ray would have, would have identified if there was a broken bone or something like that or a broken wrist. Uh, but the only thing is I, I believe now the MRI will, and correct me if I'm wrong, We'll, we'll, we'll determine if there's any sort of ligament tear or anything like that. So, And here we go, Tyson Bajan at the podium. Yeah, kind of just like what you said, DJ Moore, one of the best receivers in the world, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, anytime, you know, we get that, we like it, uh, underthrew it there a little bit. Um, and, you know, that, that's on me, and that's something that, you know, I got to fix going forward. Is that a result of the pressure? No, I think that's just a result of me, you know, underthrowing the ball, got to give my guy a chance, um, and, you know, Note that, watch the film, and correct it for next week. Was there any uh, talk with you and Luke in particular here about waiting for the team to warn you that situation? Did you guys want to get that uh, no, there was no communication of that. You know, we're, you know, operating well on that drive. We're doing a good job of moving the ball, um, both in the run game and pass game. So uh, kind of want to keep things, keep things rolling and, you know, not give the defense time to, you know, get a break and, and re-rally up. How, how different was this than the preseason game? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's different. A lot more, uh, you know, you don't, you don't pressure as much in the, in the preseason just cause you want to see guys, you know, play fast and, and do their specific job. But, um, you know, football is football, football feels the same size, 11 on 11, uh, either going to throw the ball or pass the ball. So, you know, I thought 
you know, I thought it was, you know, similar, but, you know, different with the, with the different pressures that they were showing. How did you feel coming out of the first game, first regular season game, throwing in a pinch like that? How did you feel? How many butter, you know, butterflies, confident? Were you talking about how you felt going in? Yeah, excited. Um, you know, I, I, you know, playing football is my job, so I, I enjoy playing football, so I was excited to get out there. Uh, obviously, you know, butterflies, you're playing in front of so many people, and, you know, the stakes are high, you know, in the NFL. But um, felt really prepared, felt like the coaches did a good job of, you know, always preparing all the quarterbacks, you know, week in and week out, um, just because it's always one play away. So I felt good, felt prepared, and, you know, excited. Say it again. Oh, uh, he was good. Yeah, he was good. Um, you know, asked me how I was, told him I was good, and that was the extent of it. Tyson, you take us through the strip sack? Um, yeah, so a little bit of miscommunication, but um, at the end of the day, I got to keep two hands on the ball. Um, I got to protect the ball. That's, you know, a big job of mine, you know, when I'm out there. So i uh, got to keep two hands on the ball and be more efficient in that area. When you come to the sideline after a strip sack, touchdown in your first drive, how in the world do you reset? Uh, you just got, you know, you just got to play the next play. Um, that's something that has always been preached to me. Um, and, you know, it'll do you no good kind of harping on, you know, the pass or, or the last play. We got to think forward, move forward. And, you know, we had a game to, you know, try and win. So there wasn't really any time to sit back and think about that. How did you feel to get in the end zone? I felt good. You know, always a dream for every young kid, every young football player to play in the NFL. So the fact that I was able to, uh, you know, make it here, get in the end zone, um, it felt good. Okay. So when were you aware that the, the center change was happening? And what did Lucas bring for you there? Say it again. When were you aware that the, the center change was happening? And what did Lucas bring for you there? Oh, uh, yeah. Both times when I initially got in, I took snaps with Cody. Second drive going in, took snaps with Lucas. Um, felt really comfortable with both those guys. And I think everybody, the offense as a whole, did a good job, you know, having my back and rallying around me and, um, you know, making me feel good, you know, while I was in. So I appreciated that. Have you predominantly taken more snaps from one or the other in practice just being with the twos? Who are you taking snaps from? I do a good job mixing it up. Um, you know, more times than not, I'm taking scout team reps uh, with neither of those guys, but I make sure that, you know, everybody, you know, each center kind of snaps a little bit different, especially under center. And the gun, it's kind of, you know, it's pretty similar, but make sure I mix it up, getting under center snaps throughout the week um, and in pregame with, with all those guys. I know that most teams don't practice with their backups a whole lot during the week. How many snaps do you have in practice that weren't with the scout team? Um, you know, a handful whenever Justin has a long play um, or he needs to communicate about something that happened on the last play, you know, they'll throw me in there. But um, most of the time, you know, it's, just, it's Justin's show and, you know, we let him get as prepared as he possibly can for, for the week coming. A lot, of guys, a, lot of, a lot of guys describe you as cool, calm, and collected. Uh, is there anything you do to steady your nerves in these anxious moments or is that just something you decide from something inside? Um, I, I think it just comes from kind of not being okay until I have the game plan down. So kind of, you know, putting the pressure on myself to, to get everything down, understand, you know, what's going on in the game and what my operation needs to be. Um, and then after that, uh, it, it just all comes down to playing football and playing fast. So that, that I, I'd say that's where it comes from. If you QB1 next week, how confident are you getting this team to a victory? Uh, yeah, I'm, you know, obviously very confident in myself um, and, you know, nothing changes for me. You know, since day one, I've been preparing as if I was going to play the whole game. That's just, 
you know, how I kind of uh, approach the, the game. I like to know what's going on at all times. So nothing really is going to change for this week. Uh, back to the drawing board. Get ready for uh, get ready for Vegas uh, this coming week. Tyson, even though you know composure is a big part of your game, but it, this has to be a little bit of a whirlwind for you this whole day. What 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 is the prevailing of, uh, emotion you're feeling right now after a game like this? That you're just playing, getting in, good things, bad things, everything. What 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 is the prevailing emotion you're feeling after a day like today? You know, I think more than anything, just wanting a couple of those plays back. Obviously, would have liked a different outcome in the game. Um, I think after you kind of process and think about that. Um, just extremely grateful for, you know, the life I've been blessed with. You know, not a lot of people get to do what I do um, and win in victory or defeat. So, um, you know, I'm just, you know, super thankful for my family, super thankful for, you know, all my past relationships to help me get to this moment. Um, but, you know, first we, you know, like to get back to the drone board and get a couple of those plays back and correct it, you know, for next week. How much anticipation of what might happen or, or just excitement about what did happen? How much of, how much of that is, uh, are, you, are you feeling? You know, I think more so than anything, you know, the most important thing in the NFL is to win, and we didn't win. So I think just kind of like what I said before, uh, wanting to obviously win first, and then after that, just being excited that I was able to play quarterback in, in the NFL in a real game. Are your parents here? Is your family here? Yeah, my pop's here. A couple of my friends are here, um, and my, my godparents are here. So uh, there's a couple of couple people here for me. What's that? What was that like after the game, getting, you know, actually getting to see them after you played? I haven't seen them yet, so I'm going to go see them after, after this. On the, on the touchdown drive you guys did put together, what left an impression on you about that? And Aaron Mark Jefferson started with Deontay and you guys kept it rolling. I think just all 11, just operating in sync, you know, throwing the ball, passing the ball, protection was good. You know, I thought we were running the ball well. You know, I thought, I thought we got an end zone on the play before. Um, so, you know, anytime you can run the ball effectively, you know, and, you know, mixing the passes here and there, uh, especially for, you know, a young guy coming in the game, I think that that will serve the offense well, and, and it definitely did on that drive. Last one, what things do you think you can carry over next week knowing that this defense didn't prepare for you and something that they didn't get you on? Yeah, you know, I, nothing changes for me. You know, whatever the defense shows week to week, we're going to study that. We're going to put it together, dissect it. The coaches are going to put together another great, you know, game plan. Uh, the players are going to study it, get it right, and uh, – Look forward to, you know, getting a victory next week. Uh, somebody did. Somebody had to have. I don't know. <laughs> there you have it. Uh, Tyson Bajan at the podium. Uh, if nothing else, he seems like he's already uh, media trained. He, he seemed very confident in front of the media there. He's And it's not like he's a, you know, a 20-year-old, 21-year-old rookie. He is 23 years old up there. He's so obviously a rookie, but he's uh, he's on the older uh, older side of that. And he seemed to handle himself well uh, in front of the media. I'm not saying that's going to translate into being a great quarterback, but uh, he seemed like he was uh, pretty calm, cool, and collected uh, facing those questions. And then, of course, he was not probably anticipating on talking to the media when he woke up this morning. And then uh, just like he wasn't anticipating being thrown into the game. So uh, depending on how long uh, Justin Fields is out, if he's out at all, we're still waiting on some of those results uh, that he'll probably get an MRI tomorrow, uh, but we'll, we'll see how that progresses. But uh, what did you take for, away from uh, Tyson Bajan's uh, press conference, Danny? 
Yeah, yeah. And the this moment is not too big for him. And that's the one thing you see with all these rookies that got kicked thrown in there, especially guys come from Division Two. It's the big jump in, in in terms of talent, in terms of speed of the game and everything. And it just he's always got that calm demeanor. You know, I'm sure his heart's racing at 100 miles an hour inside of his body, but it just it never it never exudes that. And I think that's something that you take and you tip your hat to him, especially for a young kid. Um, you know, one thing you, you mentioned, he's 23 years old, but he's had a ton of starts. I, I believe the number is like almost 50 starts, career starts at college. I understand Division Two, but it's it's still football is football. It, to some certain extent right so the one thing that that you know this this is that we were talking about earlier before he came on like things i'm looking forward to watching the rest of the season you know he's one of them you know he's a guy that again in, in the preseason really surprised me where you know came out again showed that moxie showed the understanding of, of the pocket awareness you know uh, showed a quick release you know a better or a more of an underrated athlete than overall i think people anticipated and a guy could maybe roll off in the pocket and, you know move that that launch angle for him as well so you know obviously he's not the overall athlete that justin is and i think you're gonna have to you know kind of maybe hopefully um you know we touched on earlier you know hopefully kind of allow him to kind of grow into this offense and, and use that that running game to kind of help him feed off of that but you know depending how long justin is out depending on what the um the coaching staffs out there, you know, what their, you know, uh, criteria is in terms of what they're going to try and get out of this kid right away. You know, we'll see about, you know, he's something that I, he's one guy that I'm looking, I'm curious to see, like, he's going to, I'm going to tune in to see how this guy does, you know, his first NFL start. If it starts next week, that's what I'm assuming it's going to be his first NFL start. And then also see some of the young guys on, you know, we talked about Darnell Wright. Is he going to get better throughout the season? Braxton Jones coming back from injury, you know, is he, is he better from, from the, you know, first year, you know, last year, I was a big Braxton Jones fan, but these first two games this year really kind of disappointed me. So I want him to see him bounce back and, and, and get better there. Obviously Tevin Jenkins, I think a guy could be a guy that you can, you kind of hopefully pencil in there, health, you know, providing he's easy left guard there. And then obviously you got some spots to work with there at center. So, uh, you know, there are things that you, you know, you look forward to seeing, you know, defensively today, I think they rallied around the football much better than they have in the past. Uh, obviously, I think Minnesota was a one, you know, one attack, you know, offense and the right running game really was horrible. So I think that, you know, in terms of just you know, the passing game was going to be their, you know, bread and butter. And without Justin Jefferson, they're missing a big piece, but still they have some weapons. And I think the defense, you know, only gave up 19 points and, and seven of those came on a scoop and score. So I think defense played better today. So we'll see if that continues to develop there as well. But yeah, I mean, there are little things right now you're looking for and, and mainly is player development. Do you have building blocks here that you can, you know, move on forward, whether it's this staff or different staff, you know, in, in future. So there are things to look forward to, but unfortunately in terms of the season, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty much, you know, there's not gonna be any playoffs or anything like that, in my opinion. No, no, I don't think anyone has that true opinion. You can hope for it, but I don't know if anyone has that true opinion <laughs> The only thing, are, are you guys uh, anybody in the chat or, or John? Do you watch Yellowstone by any chance? No, but I'm sure a lot of people in the chat room do. <laughs> so I, I, I keep looking at Tyson Major. I'm like, he reminds me of someone. And it's it's a character from Yellowstone named Jimmy. So I don't know if anybody in the chat, you guys agree with it or not, but. Take a look at the character Jimmy from Yellowstone. Just had Tyson Bajan has that has that uh, that facial feature. Well, now I gotta go. I gotta have to do a side by side. Is he a gunslinger? Because that would work out well for Tyson Bates. No, he's a cowboy. He's a cowboy. Oh, he's a cowboy. Yeah, hey, that's yeah. all right. You can we we could use a cowboy. That's fine. We can <laughs> we can win some games with a cowboy. Uh, so, uh, but anything else before we put a bow on this, Danny? There's uh, like I said, there's only so many things you can talk about after you know a very similar performance. Uh, uh, kind of cyclical with this team. But uh, anything else before we wrap this up? No, I think we pretty much covered the gavit here. Obviously, we'll, we'll look to see how long Justin Fields will be out. Um, you know, obviously, the, the the negative on the x-ray means there's no broken bones, but, you know, there could also be some ligament damage, and I think that's what the MRI is going to confirm. So, you know, moving forward, if, if it is going to be Tyson Bajant, you know, I want to see what this coaching staff does differently in terms of game planning, if anything at all. Um, defensively, I, again, 
you know, there, there, there are some players there that you can want to, you want to take a look at uh, Eddie Jackson re-hurt his foot again, according to Eberflus. That's not a good sign. You know, you know, is his time in Chicago coming to an end here? You know, uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what we'll, we'll go ahead and, and do here. But uh, yeah, I mean, there are things to look forward to, but unfortunately it's going to be just like the same old thing that we've had the last couple of seasons. Just look forward to player development, see if anyone, you know, is, is going to, is a, uh, you know, proves that they are, are a building block here for the future. Um, and then we'll just wait and see to the end of the season if there's any, any end-of-season press conferences where firings are announced. All right, before we head out, apparently we do have a picture of Jimmy that you were talking about from Yellowstone. I'm going into this blind. So, okay, yep. is that Tyson Bajant? Uh, we'll leave that up so. to the people in the chat. You see this. Uh, and do you Obviously, see minus Tyson? the mullet, right? Tyson's got the mullet going, but... Right. Okay. I'll have to do a little bit more research on this. A little side. I put one in our on chat the... as well, and and on uh, on our, our message. Oh yeah, I, I think I. Okay, I was wondering who that was. That was said, I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. What are we? What, what are we doing? <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so there. Now we have a we have a nice side by side to go there as well. So, uh, all right, Danny. That that about wraps this uh, edition of Bear Football. I appreciate you being with us throughout this time. Appreciate everybody in the chat room. Uh, sticking with us we we love when uh you, you bring we we get half the content off the conversations that go into the chat room so we appreciate you being active in there but that will do it for this edition of bear football uh thank you if whether it's the live version the podcast version the audio version the video version we appreciate each and every one of you tuning in uh and we'll be with you throughout the entire season so for danny shimon i'm john buffone appreciate aldo gondia working the controls in the background we'll see you next time everybody Thank you.